touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Powers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last this year. Here's a What is going on, everybody? It is episode 58 of College Football Talk here as we are back after our little holiday hiatus, as we like to call it, or as I yeah. just made it up, really. I mean, it works for me, though. I don't know about you. I, I like that, actually. Yeah. Holiday, so, holiday hiatus. <laughs> so we're back, and uh, we've got a nice little episode to talk about here today. Uh, transfer portal in I or in I in national signing day news going around. Uh, we got our college football playoff preview with yep. Washington, Texas, and then Michigan, Alabama Monday. But this is obviously we're recording this as of Friday morning, mm-hmm. so you know we're not going to be having another episode till after the playoff has occurred. So at the playoff preview, uh, we also have some bowl mania update as we do our poll mania pickums. We got to go through. Up to this point, which is the Alamo Bowl, which is being played, I believe, right now, finishing up, and uh, some Florida State news as they are trying to. Um, yeah, I would say news. That's door. one way to put it. Some trying to get out, knock on that exit door Landmine. of the ACC, but Landmine. oh yeah, but uh, lots to talk about, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get right into it. But make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast, guys. Um, Still stuck around that 80-ish number. Or just, if you're a new listener, if you're stumbling upon YouTube and you like what you're seeing, make sure you're hitting that red button and subscribing to the pod. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button and subscribe there to the channel there as well. Um, You know, we're trying to get the numbers up. And the only way we can do that is if you guys are subscribing and liking the videos. So keep doing that. And everything will be good. So, mm-hmm. without further ado, we're going to get hop right into it. We've got our playoff preview. Yeah. And we're going to start with the uh, – we'll start with the later game because I already have it up. So, we're actually going to go in reverse order. We're going to start with the 845 game on ESPN, the Sugar Bowl, between Washington, the number two seed, and Texas Longhorns, the three seed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first thing popped in my head when I saw this matchup came out is points. I think two, I think of two really good offenses with a lot of weapons on the outside, good running back play, really good quarterback play and good enough defenses to manage team or to prevent teams from doing anything. Yes. Texas, I think has the much better defensive line, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, led by guys like sweat, up there at the front, they're just a bunch of run sweat, run stuffers that just don't let you do anything. They are yeah. very good on the run, which will be one of the big things looking at this game because, you know, Texas fourth in the country against in playing the run mm-hmm. and offensively Washington is 101st against the run, but they do have the Joe Moore winning award uh, offensive line, yep. which is a little funny because, you know, 
They're I can think of a much better offensive lines than Washington has. No, nothing against Washington. Mm-hmm. Offense fine, but statistically, looking at the numbers and just watching the games, I can there's far superior offensive lines out yeah. there. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how the big thing you're going to watch here is if can Washington uh, protect. Michael Penix and give yep. him time to get to his guys like Polk and Adunze and all those other guys. So, and can Dylan or, uh, yeah, can, uh, what's his face's name? Am I just complete? Uh, Dylan Johnson, mm-hmm. can he be able to run the ball effectively like he has the last couple of games? So I thought he did a really good job in a game against Oregon where I thought he wasn't going to be able to do much. He did. Yeah. He, he played really well. He was pretty much, I thought, the star of the show in that game, in the Pac 12 title game. So, Will mm-hmm. he be able to do that against that Texas front, which does not allow you to do anything? Ask Ollie Gordon. Ask anybody else. Has Jace, uh, Jace McClellan and uh, freaking what's his nuts? <laughs> the quarterback. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm the straightest. This is what happens when you're running fun fumes here. Uh, Beam? Kansas uh, Kid? No. Uh, oh, Jackson Bean. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the quarterback for Alabama that I just completely forgot here. Milrow? Yeah, Jalen Milrow. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, I was, I was lost there. I was like, "Who are you talking about?" Uh, it's been a late night, guys. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah Jalen Milrow struggled. Couldn't really do mm-hmm. much on the feet. Yeah, you know, Jason McClellan, Jackson Bean, Ollie Gordon. Like a lot of these really good runners have mm-hmm. not been able to do much against Texas up front. But that'll be really where I'm looking at. Also on the back end for Texas defensively, can they hold up against those star receivers for Washington? Because for this point, Washington Michael Penix has been able to just dial up anything he kind of wants to when he needs to, and yeah. it'll be interesting because there are spots back there that Texas back end that they can be exposed some. Mm-hmm. Will Washington be able to take advantage of that? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with what you said there. I think the biggest thing that pops out to me is what does Steve Sarkeesian have under wraps that he's working on to give his offense that extra push. Because to me, I think this game was going to end up being similar to the Oregon game for Washington, the first game, where I think it's going to come down to a game of who makes the right decision at the end. We know in that game against Oregon that, you know, Dan Lanning made the wrong decision and they lost. I think if we, you know, go back in time, I think if they undo that decision, we might be talking about Oregon right now. My point, yeah. my point is, is that I think this game is going to be really, really, really close. I think it's going to come down to if Steve Sarkeesian has some special plays, because yes. I think we, when we talk about like the offensive, the offensive gurus of the sport, right? Yeah, I think he's one of the highest of them all. Yeah, we just, for we sure. just saw we just saw Quinn Ewers throw for a career high. We're seeing him come into his own right now. That Texas offense looks incredible right now. The last three games they've played, they've been on a different level than the rest of the season. They've gotten past a lot of their struggles. They're looking really, really, really good right now. I think it's going to come down to does Texas have some plays at the end of the game that will that can make a difference? But I don't know how you're feeling about it, but Washington, to me, has felt a lot of this year like a miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many games have we watched where they've been, you know, multiple number like you know what I mean? How, they were underdogs to Oregon State, correct? They were, yes. 
which is <laughs> wild to me, by the way. I can't get over that. That's so weird to me. <laughs> they were, t- but Hunter, do you think Washington's Cinderella run might end? So I do think that they are a team that, um, I don't think they're like, if you're trying to think of them as like last year's TCU team. I don't think they're that bad. Yeah. So I don't think they, they're like that. I, I don't not that, think not that the TCU team was bad, but just like, I don't think they're going in as like a setup spot where they're just going to get manhandled. Right. I, I, agree I think there's spots where they can win this game. It's my mm-hmm. the camera's gone in and out here. Um, I, you know, I look at them as a team that yes, they have skated by a couple games. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of close games this season. Yeah. Um, but what's been really impressive, though, has been the when they've needed to make win a game, make mm-hmm. the plays needed to win games. They have done that. And, you know, we talked about the Oregon State game. They were not favored as well, I think they were ranked third in the country at the time. Yeah. You know, going on the road in Corvallis, rainy, raining, cold night, not favored against an Oregon State team, a solid group, but not anything that's crazy jumps off the board go in there and they make the plays needed they get the turnovers on defense that they need and then yeah. you know when the biggest players they need to step up make step up um you know you look at the Oregon games mm-hmm. both games you know defense stepped up when it needed to and then the offensively the run game stepped up huge when a lot of people doubted them again that against Oregon especially in the Pac-12 title game as I said a little bit ago with Johnson you know they they were able to make plays and step up, yeah. And so, yes, I do think they can win this game. Um, but you know, I am a little worried though that Texas's playmakers on the outside are going to be too much for them. Yeah, defensively, um, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do enough. I don't know if they're going to be able to get enough stops defensively mm-hmm. to, you know, create havoc and make viewers uncomfortable i think yeah. they've really got to be able to somehow limit the run game mm-hmm. some um if they can i it's hard but they do play pretty well they're 41st in the country against the run because they're i mean outside of that they rank 122nd against the pass and texas mm-hmm. is 19th in the country in passing yards so i think it's a tough spot for sure but that's why I think points are going to be just kind of like – I think it's going to be a high-scoring first half. I think you're going to see Washington's a really good second-half team with adjustments. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, you know, you look at games like the Utah game and yeah. the Oregon game a little bit and I'm trying to think there was another game that was kind of like that. But um, where points were just being scored, 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 and then all of a sudden Washington settled in, made adjustments, and just yeah. – Turn, I mean, just turned up the pressure and just locked it down from there. So mm-hmm. if they can do that against Texas, that'll be big time, and that will be how they will win this game. I think adjustments, in-game adjustments, are going to be huge in this game for both teams. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think so too. Yeah. I, I just my, the when you when you say that the biggest point come points out of my head is that USD game, where, yes. yeah, you know what I'm saying about that one, but. I just I just feel like Texas has just better athletes, personally. Yeah. I mean, not just like better athletes, but like athletes that like Washington hasn't faced guys like they're gonna see against Texas for the most part. No. Especially defensively. There's guys on Oregon that are like that, but like 
those some of those Texas def- defenders are different. Yes. Yeah. Not not to be too high on Texas right now, but like there's some of those guys that are really like wow, like those are athletes. For sure. For sure. And you know, defensively, I mean, they just they meet what they're built up to. So mm-hmm. I'm just really concerned that Washington's going to become one dimensional. What Texas yeah. has been really good at making teams do this year. I mean, they were able to do it against Bama, and they were able to do it against Oklahoma State. Yep. The only thing they really weren't able to do it against was Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really because of how well Dylan Gabriel was able to use his legs. Yeah. And even then, it came down to a last-second touchdown to beat them. So mm-hmm. I just think that unless Michael Penix can somehow – and he's not really known to become a real mobile kind of guy – he can use his legs when he needs to, but he's not like designing QB runs and stuff very often. So I'm just worried that if Washington becomes one dimensional, Texas is going to be able to kind of just put their pressure down mm-hmm. eat a little bit more and make things uncomfortable where Washington's not going to be able to do stuff. And if they fall behind, are they going to be able to have make it even if they become if they fall behind and become too predictable are they gonna be able to make enough plays to come back and make this a game so um that's why i a little bit lean texas but uh who do you like in this one i like texas i i I just i i think texas has texas has better athletes and i think they have better coaching too okay not to Uh, say kaylin dubois is not a great coach but I think Steve Sarkeesian is the one of the best offensive minds in the game, and I think I got to go Texas here. All right. Um, what's the score you think? I'm going 33-30. So you like Texas to win, Washington to cover? Yes. So I like Texas to win. I think they're going to cover. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very high-scoring game. But like I said, I do think that Majority of the points are going to get scored in that first half. Yeah. Uh, I like Texas, though, to win this one 41 to 30, like 30, 41 33, something like that. Okay. I think okay. it's a close game, one score game, but I do think Texas makes enough plays late to get the win, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about CS Sharkeesian. He's done a really good job at being one of these guys that's taken advantage of the second opportunities. Yeah. You know, you look at what he did back in, you know, his prior 10 years of being a head coach was not the very best jobs. Mm-hmm. And so he got a second chance with being an analyst and then an OC with Alabama. Yep. Got his shot back with Texas and was been able to turn this thing around. And this was a real big year for Sark because, you know, as we've seen, like, prior guys before him like have gone and have had some success, but they like get the ax because you know, those Texas guys, they don't settle for eight, and eight and four, nine and threes. Like they want yeah. championship caliber Which teams. Is, I think it's admirable, per, admirable personally to me to, to sit there and go like, Hey, 10 and four is not, not good enough. Yeah. So coming in second place in the conference, that's not good enough. We don't do that here. No. So, you know, I want to put a big congratulations to Texas for that one too, because mm-hmm. they made the hardest decision. The decision there is to make in the sport is saying, "Hey, we're good. We're not good enough yet, though." Yeah, we need to upgrade. Yes, for hundred percent. So, like they, Georgia made that decision back in twenty sixteen. 
Yes. You know, you move off Rick. Rick had done a great job. Yep. He got you. He made the program good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't at that next level. And they needed yeah. somebody to just come in to mm-hmm. take that next step. And that was smart. So, yeah. Same thing here with Texas. And I really like where Texas is going. This game and in the future, they're doing really yeah. good in recruiting, really good in the transfer portal. And now here they are, game away, playing for a national title game. So, really good stuff Crazy. there. Uh, we will move on, though, too. I do want to say one more thing, though. I did call at the beginning of the year. I'm, I just want to say, I did say in our first preview of this season podcast, I think Texas is really going to be really good this year. And you looked at me like I was crazy. And then you came around to me like a week into the season. You were like, well, before they played Alabama, you were like, you know what? I think you might have something there. Listen, you know, you get you don't want to get caught up in the Texas <laughs> the Texas hype. Is what we yeah. were calling. You know, there's yeah, a lot I, of hype I, around teams that don't need it. Yeah, and that was one of them at the time. So, but here we are. You know, mm-hmm. we think people change. People turn the corner. Yeah. You know. So, but we're now we're gonna shift gears to the early game, mm-hmm. which is the Bama Michigan Rose Bowl. The I mean, the atmosphere of the Rose Bowl doesn't need any more explaining. Other than that, I mean, just. It is the Rose Bowl game, and it's mm-hmm. the actual Rose Bowl game. We're not playing some crappy game in uh, Dallas, Texas during COVID. You know, this isn't yep. from UCLA night game where they got Rutgers next year coming to town. I don't know, but I'm just mm-hmm. making that up. I don't think Rutgers plays in Pasadena I, next year. I think they go to Rutgers. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Shout out Chiano and the boys, by the way, after a big one today. Anyway. So, Bama, Michigan, it's one versus four. Michigan being the one, Bama the four. Bama snuck in over FSU. Anyway, Bama comes in as a one-and-a-half-point dog, I believe, unless the line just jumped to two as of late. Nope, still one-and-a-half. It says two on ESPN. Okay. That's what I saw earlier, but I was going off of action. Yeah, it says Bama's so. a two-point dog to Michigan. Most books, I think, have it one-and-a-half still, but two. I mean, yeah. one-and-a-half, two. I mean, you're splitting. I think most of the money is going towards Alabama. But, yeah, most of the money lines and spreads mm-hmm. are going towards Bama. Like, on here, 73%. Bama, 27%. Michigan. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at this, I want to say immediately, I, I saw this and I said, this matchup leans Bama, I think, especially coming off of how they played against Georgia. Yeah. In the sense that Michigan, you know, sim- kind of plays a similar, wants to play a similar kind of game like Georgia does, where, you know, where Georgia, Georgia wants to be a physical team that will beat yeah. you over the top, though, still. Mm-hmm. Because the quarterback play is just so good with Beck yeah. and all the weapons, but you know they want to establish the run. You know, mm-hmm. and Michigan is they ground and pound, going to try to hit you right in the mouth, yeah, and I would beat say, you, I mean, like bully you. I would say Michigan looks like a team from like the nineteen seventies, yeah, in which like early nineties. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. even like you want to take, I mean, like an early like a nineties, eighties, nineties team that just well, wants even, to bully you. They're, it's and, all about the lines with them. Yes. You know what it's I mean? It's in They're the trenches. Yeah. It's in the trenches. It's just ground and pound, just beat you up. And I just don't think immediately, you know, I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, that's just, that's just not, you're not going to beat Bama by bullying. Yeah. Immediately, that's how I'm thinking here because Michigan, 
They're 16th in the country against and rushing, running, running mm-hmm. the football for, for yards. Yep. I mean, Alabama's 33rd in run run yards per game on defensively, mm-hmm. and they're 23rd against the pass. Michigan 75th in passing yards offensively. Mm-hmm. So immediately, I screams right there. Defensively, Bama has the edge over Michigan's offense. I still don't trust JJ McCarthy a lot. I think it's a really bad matchup for Michigan, honestly, because all I'm here seeing is because what I watched in the SEC title game mm-hmm. was a Bama defense that controlled the line of scrimmage, yeah, and made enough plays on the back end with really good players to limit a, a Georgia offense that had been just humming and just. Mm-hmm. Cruising on cruise control, not yeah. even cruise control, just light speed. I mean, averaging over 500 yards a game, 40 points a game, and they go into the SC title game. I think they put up only about 320 something yards of offense. Mm-hmm. You know, had a couple turnovers. Like they were pushed around. Yeah, and I just I see if I'm just looking at that from the Bama defensively, Michigan offensively. I look at a Michigan team that has struggled in games that have mattered mm-hmm. sometimes at and in, in the games that they mattered they have kind of toyed around a little bit yeah where Bama is just you know since defensively like they've blocked it down you know mm-hmm. they have kept these high powered offenses in check and you know vice versa though you're looking okay can Jalen Milrow make plays against a really good defensive team in Michigan That'll be to tell because Jalen Milro didn't have to do any of the deep ball stuff against Georgia. Yeah. And they still won. So what does that tell you? Um, that tells you that it was his legs that was able to be the difference maker. Mm-hmm. And Michigan hasn't seen a quarterback like that. The best quarterback Michigan's yeah. seen all year is probably Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord's playing at Syracuse now. So, mm-hmm. you know, take that as what you want. But I mean, it's either that or Talia. And Talia Tungavailo is not anywhere near what his brother is. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I look at that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, like I, I just screams and I'm not being an SEC person at all. I'm being a true person that can watch a game and tell you that unless if Michigan really thinks that they're going to bully this team, yeah. they better just stick to Disneyland and not go to this game because that's ain't going to happen. Um, that I think this is the biggest game we disagree on because I think Michigan could do it because I think Michigan has better athletes on those lines than Alabama does because at times this year, Alabama has looked weak, especially their defensive line at times has looked average at best. I just, which is what makes me go. I, which makes me sit, sit here and go. If, if Jim Harbaugh at Michigan scheme it correctly, and they run the ball, they hold time of possession, and it's going to sound bad. They just do – they make Jalen Milrow incredibly uncomfortable all game. You know, you push him after, like, the player or whatever, right? You know, you just make him up uncomfortable the whole game. If you make him uncomfortable, I think I think they have a deep, really good chance at winning this game because I think their defense is legitimately really, really good. They have I 16 think- interceptions. Yes, I mean they're really good defensively, but unless you're playing I unless you're Iowa, you're not gonna you you can't win just defensively. Yeah, and you know you need you need a quarterback you need your quarterback to step up, and JJ McCarthy has yet to, in my mm-hmm. opinion, step up when he needs to. Yeah. So 
I mean, right now, would you rather take this very moment? Would you rather have JJ McCarthy or Jalen Miller? I'd take Jalen Milrow, but I think I, I feel like I'm crazy for saying this. I don't think Jalen Milrow is that great of a quarterback. Well, so I, I don't... sit there and I look at his numbers and I look at the teams they play, and outside of games against like he had a great game against Texas A&M and then he struggled against Mississippi State. Had a great game against Georgia. We're through for under 200 yards, but is it? I think you got to look past the stats some though and realize mm-hmm. like what kind of difference that he made in some of those plays that he made against Georgia. Yeah. Just looking at that game because it was his key to using his legs. That's been the difference maker post the Texas game. Yeah. You know, how Tommy Reese and Nick Saban have been able to formulate a plan to use utilize Milrow in the way that he is built to be played yeah, has been why Bama's been able to make this turn and have success because Jalen Milrow is now able to use his legs, get him out of the pocket. He's not a typical pocket passer, how they had him being in the early part of the season. Like yeah. He's a guy, get him outside the pocket, get him – on these, uh, you know, RPO game, you know, like that's mm-hmm. where he is, you know. So, I just think Michigan's not haven't seen a guy like him before. Okay. And, you know, you know, we went into the SEC title game saying, you know, is Bama going to be able to run the ball effectively? You know, can mm-hmm. they control line of scrimmage? That O line dominated Georgia's mm-hmm. D line, and Georgia's D line's no slack either. Yeah. So, and if you can do that against Michigan's D line, forget about it. I mean, it was. And if you can just yeah, – if they're going to be able to push them around some mm-hmm. enough, I just think Bama has the edge there. And if you're Michigan, if you can't be – tell yourself. I just had it hard to believe that, like, you're J.J. McCarthy, or you're a Michigan fan, and you look mm-hmm. at J.J. McCarthy lead team. If that run yeah. game is gone, do you really have full confidence that that quarterback can lead you? You're down down 10 yeah. late in the third. Can you come back and win the game? Mm-hmm. With knowing on the other side, you got guys like Dallas Turner and up front just mm-hmm. rushing you. And then on the back end, you got Terry and Arnold, Kalen Downs, Kool and McKinstry, you know, yeah, all these big guys on the back end. Are and Malachi Moore thinks on there too. So like really good guys back on the back end, really good guys up the front. Mm-hmm. Are you able to make plays? And I just don't know. I just don't think he can. I just I think that's just where we fundamentally disagree because I just do not believe Alabama would be able to stop uh, Michigan's running game because Michigan always finds a way to run the ball. They have never once in three years since they've been going to the playoff been able to have been slowed down on the running game. Every single game they've played, they've still been able to run the ball. It doesn't matter who. I just well, don't see a world where Alabama can just cut that away from them, and then they're just they're just throwing the ball, and they are you can't talk about playoff games too. I know the game against Georgia the first year. Well, I mean, even CCU then, last year they didn't really do much. I think they ran the ball for two hundred yards though. But in the but when it mattered the most, quarterback play was not good. I, yeah, I mean that was their problem last year. Was they they went down. Big early. Who do you think they scored has... forty five points in that game? And still lost. Yeah. It was a two pick sixes by the court. Yeah, but but what I mean is I don't think you know if you you learn from your losses, right? I don't yeah. think they go. Hey, who guess does... what? we're not throwing the ball. 
who do you think has the most pressure going into this game? Does it Michigan with Harbaugh and all the drama that's been dealt this season? And, you know, you're Michigan and you've been in the playoffs now. This will be your third straight year. You yeah. still haven't won a game. Is it them or is it Bama? You know, knowing just, you know, honestly, you know, Bama, I, I mean, I guess the only pressure would be like, really, are you really deserving of being here? Yeah. Such and such. But I think all the pressure's on Michigan here. I think all the pressure's on Michigan. The only pressure on Alabama is if they lose, everybody goes, well, Alabama didn't even deserve to be there. That's the only thing that happens, right? Yeah. Is people go, people go, well, I guess, you know, we picked the shitty team. So, you know what I mean? That's just what people are going to say. I guess it doesn't really could, matter. No, because then you could really just say, like, then how much more deserving does Florida State be? Because yeah. they'd be put in the same spot, mm-hmm. you know, as a 12 and a half point dog going into yeah. the game. So, you know, you look at it like that, I guess, too, as a double edged short. But yeah. Uh, yeah, who do you like in this game prediction here? I like Michigan. I know, I think that's where we just disagree, just fundamentally how those teams work. Is I just think. With Michigan style, with the way Jim Harbaugh coaches them and how their offense rolls, I just cannot pick against them right now. They know um, how to make good offenses look pedantic. I I like Bama. I love Bama here, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna control the line of scrimmage. I don't think it's gonna be a crazy scoring game, but I think they're gonna make enough plays where they're gonna able to win this game, and mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to. Threw me up enough where they're going to make Michigan one-dimensional, and Michigan's not going to have – I don't think they're going to be able to do enough against that defensive – that secondary for Bama. Mm-hmm. And I like Michigan – or not Michigan. I like Bama to win somewhere around 20 – 27 to like 30. Ah, you know what? We'll change it. We'll, yeah, we'll go 27 to 20. Ish range. I'm gonna go 24 to 13. Michigan wins. Okay, I think that's insane. But you know, I know, I know you think that's crazy. I just think Michigan holding to 13 points. Yes, crazy. Nah, that's crazy. No, no, that's no, crazy. No, he's crazy. And Michigan crazy. doesn't give up points. Whatever the game's gonna be, it's gonna be low scoring to me, and I think. To me, I think Michigan dominates. I think Michigan dominates time possession. I just think they, I think they have the better guys than Alabama does. I think you're insane, but that's for <laughs> that's for us to talk about and for the games to be played out because yeah, the games yeah. are not played on paper, played on the field. So we will be moving on though. Two transfer portal national signing day news. Mm-hmm. Last time we were recording, it was before national signing day came out, and so a lot of happened. Um, Georgia came in with the number one recruiting class yep. in the country. All 27 of the original commits signed mm-hmm. pre-National Signing Day. That included guys like Nishir Johnson, mm-hmm. who was a Florida commit, um, who flipped, went to mm-hmm. signed with Georgia. Excludes guys like Ellis Robinson IV, who is a five-star cornerback. Guys yeah. like Justin Williams, linebacker, who's going to be really good. Ryan Puglisi. Uh, who signed Andre Evans, who's going to be a really good defensive back. And then the big guy, that's the big flip. And Florida State, original commit, verbal commit, K.J. Bolden flips to Georgia, safety, five-star, huge pickup for Georgia. Yeah. By the way, right there. So 28 guys committed 
just an outstanding class for Georgia, including, you know, and then you look at the transfer portal for them. You know, you got guys like London Humphreys from Vanderbilt mm-hmm. wide receiver, Colby Young, Miami, Miami wide receiver, Xavier McCloyd, defensive lineman, South Carolina, and then the big one, Trevor Etienne, who I was super excited about just from yeah. a fan, fan perspective, looking at, you know, now you get him from a really good player from Florida now to Georgia and that running back room. Mm-hmm. Gotta think he's gonna probably be a one year, one done guy. He does, I think, have two years left of eligibility. So yeah. we'll see. But Florida fans not happy about that one. Um, message boards for hype. A uh, lot of threats, a uh, lot of bad stuff, and a lot yeah. of people thinking that uh, they want to see the um, Brandon Spikes to Nosha Moreno recap uh, for that game next year. So that should be electrifying. Um, I think they're crazy, but that's all for them to think about. Uh, but I do think the big story, though, with I think Texas – Big time recruiting day. Mm-hmm. Bama had their guys. Big story though. I think uh, underrated team was Missouri. Yeah, Missouri really has done really well. I think they're eleven to twelve range right now in re- the recruiting rankings, but mm-hmm. have done solid as also in the transfer portal. They've gotten guys. Uh, a lot of interior guys on the D line and O line got um guy from Oklahoma. They got a guy from yeah. Florida. So really doing a good job there. If you're Eli Drinkowitz, but. I think the big one, Florida entered the day or entered signing day, I think fourth or fifth. Yeah. And by the end of the day, fell all the way to 16th. Mm-hmm. They signed, they did sign guys like Gregory Smith, four star safety. Yep. And then they signed their two, the two five stars and DJ Lagway quarterback and LJ McCray defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But four of the top six recruits all decommitted or flipped yeah at, on signing day so not good um that's not ideal for florida and then you lost trevor Etienne like a couple days later mm-hmm. uh, and you know you lose guys also like princely um i can't even pronounce his last name umanomalin i totally botched that apologize lost guy another guy to you know you lose another guy to um what did they go just uh, who am I thinking? Lost another guy to oh uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Just said, um, yeah. Decommitting this year, Johnson went to Georgia. Lost a guy to Miami, A and M, Auburn. So we're losing guys to other guys in the conference or in state. Not yeah. there. So that's not got to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of three stars. Not saying they can't do anything from it, but yeah. If you're looking from a, just a recruiting aspect, it's gotta hurt a little bit knowing that you fell like 11, 12 spots mm-hmm. just off signing day alone. Yeah. Um, no, I mean to to me, I think that's like you know the biggest thing we've been hearing a lot of is that Billy Napier's future wasn't tied to this season; it was tied to that recruiting class, right? Yeah. And then now that recruiting class is about where the program's been the last ten years, right? Not, mid, even, not even. I mean, I mean, Dan it's, it's, Mullen. Dan, Dan Mullen was like an average. Class, average was like a nine through twelve guy. Yep. Averaged. Mm-hmm. So he I did better, just, and yeah. he was lackluster <laughs> in the recruiting department. Yeah. It's just bad. 
and it, like you know, as a, as a Florida State guy, you know, might have talked from we lost two guys, but to me, it's like you know, Florida State's landed a top ten class. Yeah, he fell all the way to nine, but still, yeah, yeah like I mean, said, top ten he fell class. From, Four to nine. It's not the same as falling five to 16. Yeah, I know. So they take a hit there. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they play next year. Yeah. There was, again, it's going to be a lot of young guys who are going to have to step up in a big way for the Gators. Mm-hmm. Will they be able to do something? We'll see. I know LJ McCray is going to be a guy that will probably be a day one starter. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I think it'll be a day one starter. My question with him is if he stays. That'll be big because, you know, you'll have guys like – AM probably and mm-hmm. USC and Auburn probably all staying on the trail who were yeah. after him originally. Now mm-hmm. they're probably gonna be like this is how the modern day college football is now where you will sign. Verbal commits mean nothing anymore. Even when you sign as my camera goes in and out. Yeah. Um it's just refocusing. I don't yeah, know why it does, it's doing that right oh, now. But... but even when you sign, it doesn't matter because with NIL, you can just Transport and NIL, you can just pretty much modern day tampering's a thing. So yeah, it doesn't matter. So I if I if I sign to Florida, that's great and all. But if I don't play, guess who knows about that? Yeah, and everybody does. else, and M, Auburn, Ole Miss, they all know. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is just picking guys off left and right on the defensive yeah. line. Pete Golding and the gang in Oxford are just eating up right now. I mean, let's go. I mean. Land sharks, land sharks, right now. Walter Nolan, they got a twelve commits out of mm-hmm. the portal already. They are ranked number one. They are in a battle right now, with Colorado. Who wants the top spot in the transfer portal? Uh, Colorado desperately needs that top spot though, because Colorado's number five. two. Colorado's number two, and I do applaud Colorado. I do have a weird thing with Colorado though, but I'll say that in a second. Okay, Ole Miss is number one in the recruiting rankings, mm-hmm. and you have twelve commits. Yeah, but it. Just a couple here. Walter Nolan, number mm-hmm. one recruiting. He was the number one recruit out of the 2022 class. He was the yep. top recruit or top player in the portal. He mm-hmm. signs the other day. They got Demarion or Demarion Richardson, cornerback from Mississippi State. You got Tamarian McDonald, t- uh, safety, Tennessee. And yep. then you got Princely Umanamalan from another edge guy, Florida. Mm-hmm. Like these are big time defensive guys. And yeah. what has been something you Ole Miss has always lacked the last couple of years, or just defense. in general, just defensive guys, defensive guys, consistency defensively. Mm-hmm. And now here we are stacking up the defensively, defensively. You're bringing in a bunch of guys that know mm-hmm. what they're doing, yep. and now you look at the offense. You got Dart coming back. You got Junkins coming back. You got Harris mm-hmm. on the outside coming back. You got a plethora of weapons, and this team can make some noise in this SEC yeah. race next year. So I really liked where this team is going. Kiffin has got this place going, this program going in a great direction. Mm-hmm. And if they can cap off this year with a Peach Bowl win Saturday and really get momentum going into next year, that'll be big time. So yeah. really it just leaves the final hump is can he get over the you know the Bama hump, the Georgia hump. He plays Georgia next year, and I think mm-hmm. he might play Bama next year. i got to double-check this Probably. schedule. Um, but if they can get over the, one of those humps, look out. And then Colorado, really interesting what they did. Right now, number two in the transfer portal rankings, but I think, but they only signed six guys in National Signing Day. Yeah. But they have 18 guys out of the portal. And where they really struggled was 
on in the trenches, on the lines, both sides, and they've really done a good job standing out. Five offensive linemen are already signed, including and then that national signing that one of those recruiting classes got your you got Jordan Seaton, the yeah. five star who verbally committed and then was talks that he was going to decommit and go to Maryland, stays, mm-hmm. signs with Colorado, and he got four defensive linemen, including a Vanderbilt receiver and Will Shepard, who's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're Dion's doing well there. I like how Dion's addressing the issue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where did Colorado struggle the most this year? Protecting Shador Sanders up front offensively and doing mm-hmm. anything, stopping the run or getting pressure defensively on yeah. the line. So he is addressing that issue wholeheartedly. And I do like where this team is going. If you're just being trying to be optimistic there. Mm-hmm. Um, any, um, speculations i know you know you're being caught up with the quarterback race as a yeah. Florida state fan um is there who do you think the next domino to fall is because you know you still have guys like julian fleming cam ward um dj Uyangale still yeah. out there um i believe dante moore already signed i think he committed already to oregon yeah um, he did but trying to think of some other guys that are still out there. They're big names. Um, Has Will Howard signed yet? I think he has finalized it down to a couple teams. I know USC was in there. I know USC is the big one for him. Yeah. Uh, Evan Stewart. It's two schools. Evan Stewart also signed. Um, Oh, I did have a list here. And then uh, tonight, actually, Damani Jackson, star USC Mm -hmm. cornerback, who's a five-star, committed to Bama. Also, Texas, who we were talking about earlier, Trey Moore, who was the – this year's uh, AAC Defensive Player of the Year, defensive end from yeah. UTSA, signed with Texas. So a huge job right there for the Longhorns. But who do you think the next domino to fall is here? I think Will Howard was the biggest domino to fall next for me. Because I think – because I looked at – he's narrowed it down to either Ohio State or USC. Okay. I think, I think it's one of the – yeah, because we're about to see – because the portal closes on the second, right? I think so, yes. So the the guys who have to sign left are the big guys when you know at least like quarterbacks, right? Cam Ward, DJ Uyangule, and um, Will Howard. Those are the big three left. I, if I'm missing any, just let me know. I think those are the big three left, though. Yeah. I I I think as of now, what's going to happen is I think Cam Ward will sign with Miami, DJ with Florida State, and then Will Howard ends up at USC. Okay. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I, I think that the next domino to fall will either be Cam Ward, either with Miami or Florida State. Mm-hmm. And then I'm really interested to see where Evan Stewart lands, who's the AM receiver. Yeah. Because just how big of a playmaker he is. Because what mm-hmm. if he go wherever he goes, he's gonna be a top guy. Yeah. Um so it'll be interesting to see. I saw I've seen things where he want, might go to Tennessee. There's talks maybe he goes to Bama, Ole Miss, Florida, uh, no, uh, Florida State. I think I saw something. Yeah. Possibly Oregon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he I goes. I think the big interesting thing about uh, Evan Stewart is not really interested in Bama or Texas. That was a big thing I saw come up. Is that yes. He's not really considering either of those schools, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Yes. Very, yeah. it, it, that is for yeah. sure, yes. It looks like the big five with key interest and in, to watch out for with Evan Stewart are Tennessee, USC, Oregon, Ole Miss, and Florida State. 
Those are the big five. And Stewart might be waiting to see as far as Florida State goes. Look, keep yeah. out there the connection to who who's playing quarterback there next year. Because mm-hmm. if it's say if it's Warder Uyungle, maybe he likes that and he wants to go yeah. there as well. Because that would be big. Because now you have guys. Because you know in the recent news with Bell or not Bell uh, Wilson and Keon Coleman, mm-hmm. both are going to the draft. That leaves two yep. open big spots. Why not go get a big guy like Evan Stewart to try to fill mm-hmm. that role? So. I think I yeah I mean I think if we're gonna be honest that right this second, Cam Ward is the biggest thing because I think that determines everything else. For sure, it's kind of like how I think with Georgia, kind of like with Carson Beck coming back, mm-hmm. you're gonna start seeing guys after this bowl game make a decision, especially defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. The pendulum's gonna swing. With you want to come back and make one last run here, or are we gonna just kind of forget that and just go to the draft, which is fine as well. So yeah, quarter, it's crazy how quarter, whoever playing quarterback is going to decide whether or not you're playing, you're coming, staying or leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's modern, modern football though. There you go. All right. We're going to move on to talk about, uh, you know, just a little fun, fun segment we call, the weekly FSU rant where FSU yeah. now is going to one out of ACC, but ACC said, whoa, 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 stop it right there. You can't get out right now unless you want to pay a nice check or a nice check, a nice bill. It's just a casual bill. You know, just a casual one. Um, last time I checked, you know, because everyone can afford this one, it's $527 million. Mm-hmm. Uh I know I can't pay that. Maybe FS, Nate Dillon and the uh, FSU gang can. Yeah. <laughs> but I sure as can't, heck can't. So, so we haven't been able to cover this con, uh, this, this stuff yet because it's, it's an ongoing thing. And, you know, we know little about it really in the grand scheme of things, right? We just know what, what, so I'll, I'll start from the game. This isn't new information. Really? I mean, it's new that the lawsuit is starting, but the biggest thing, knowing that Florida State wants out of the ACC, this has been pretty much an ongoing thing since what a couple a couple years now. Yeah, pretty much. For for those who don't know, back in 2012, Maryland left the ACC for the Big Ten. Right at the time, because of that, schools like Clemson and Florida State talked to other conferences about leaving the ACC. Specifically, Florida State was linked to go to the Big 12. Like it? I mean, you know, interesting. Interesting. Interesting thing that almost did happen. There almost was a Big 12 of Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State, and Clemson. Just saying, the conference might still have both all the four of those schools together now if that would have happened. But it didn't happen, right? So, after that happened... The ACC came up with the worst agreement ever with ESPN, where they gave, where they got all the schools to agree to give up the rights for a long-term deal, and then did not explain to the schools the deal they signed with ESPN. They signed a grant of rights through 2036, in hopes to set up the ACC network so that they could fund all the schools. Right. In exchange for giving up your rights and giving a lower payout, they would get their own network that they could make all the money from. Right. Yes. That was the idea pitched. Mind you, this is 2012, and you know, cable is still massive. It's streaming has not taken off yet, right? Netflix is not there. None of that stuff's here. So 
flash forward to around 2018, um, when the when you know was it 2019, 2000, whenever Texas and Oklahoma decided, hey, we're leaving the Big 12, right? We're going to the SEC, and the SEC is renegotiating its contract so that they'll be getting around what is it, 80 million dollars to school payout yearly? Yeah. Florida State is absolutely like we're getting out of the conference, right? They get uh, they have lawyers at the school to say, hey, let's look into this. Then you know, the public finds out, hey, uh, the ACC does not let the schools look at the grant of rights, right? That is extremely weird. <laughs> <laughs> so so how it works for some reason is the ACC has the grant of rights, right, in their offices in Charlotte, and they don't let anybody look at it from any of the schools without an ACC specializer with them to look at it with them. So they don't let the schools, which are public universities, have access to documents about the rights that the schools have to their own names. Uh, hide something. Exactly. That's the, that's the big thing that everybody's talking about when it comes to it. And the big thing they're talking about is the fact that in 2016, when they renegotiated with ESPN – because the deal was supposed to be in 2021, ESPN had the option to void the years from 2027 to 2023, 2036, right? The commissioner of the ACC at the time um, is supposed to ask all the schools permission to let ESPN wait to do that. Uh, he didn't ask the schools and did it quietly behind the scenes. He extended ESPN's decision till 2025. So right now, as the deal stands, in 2025, ESPN can void their payments to the ACC, and the ACC, and they'd still own the ACC's media rights from 2027 to 2036. Huh. So that all the schools in the ACC will make zero money from 2027 to 2036. They will not make a dollar. Which is funny. Yeah. It's also funny, somehow ESPN was able to negotiate with the ACC that there wouldn't be interest or um, like it, the, the numbers wouldn't be adjusted for inflation. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're fuller state, you can obviously see what their problem is, right? Yeah. Um, they believe that the ACC went behind their back as a partner. It was acted in bad faith, right? That's their legal argument is that the grant of rights doesn't make sense, that it was poorly written, and that it's not all-encompassing. And we really don't know what will happen at all because nobody's ever challenged a grant of rights before. No. I mean, for all we know, Florida State could show up in the courtroom, a judge could say, this doesn't hold up at all. And all ACC schools will leave within minutes. <laughs> I think that is it. I believe that also the big thing right now is that you know they're trying to take this to court, but mm-hmm. Florida State side, they're just trying to get the, the yeah. ACC's throwing this bill like this number, yeah. massive number of over five hundred million out of like mm-hmm. hey, you want out, you want out. Here you yeah. go, sign this check and you're gone. Yeah, but Florida State's like, well, hold on, we don't want to sign that. We want this. Let's try to get this bar down some. So yeah, that's another. We need this number down some, and mm-hmm. unless so, that we're not, we're in a butcher. So I believe it was the twentieth, right? Am I wrong? Um, 
the 22nd, the 22nd, Friday the 22nd, last Friday, Florida State had their Board of Regents meeting where all the board of the school came together and they talked about it, right? Yeah. And pretty much they laid out seven things that they were going to talk to the ACC about when it came to suing them. The biggest thing to them is they want to know where $500 million really comes from to get out of the deal. So apparently, because they don't the, make five hundred million dollars. So I have the uh, breakdown here. Yes, and it's the trajectory of ACC levied penalty for withdrawing from twenty ten to twenty twenty three. So in twenty ten, mm. zero penalty amount, zero ACC yeah. constitution, and then the uh, September thirteenth, two thousand eleven, twenty one point twenty one million seven hundred seventy seven thousand six hundred forty two dollars was the ACC withdrawal penalty. Yeah. The September twelfth of twenty twelve is over fifty two million. Fifty two is about fifty two point two two three million ish. Uh, was the severe ACC withdrawal penalty? Then yeah, September eleventh of twenty thirteen was two hundred thirty four million two hundred sixty six thousand three hundred forty two. It's the ACC GOFR plus severe ACC withdrawal penalty, leading all the way up to twenty twenty three, which is five hundred seventy two million for the yeah. ACC. Uh, the GOFR plus severe ACC withdrawal penalty. So that is the that's the breakdown right there. I think so, that's how it came right there. Mm-hmm. So the biggest things that I can find is that nobody really knows where this could go, right? No. But there's a couple things that Florida State is questioning legally about. The $130 million exit fee, which is three times the ACC's operating budget. They're questioning, like, why? Where does that come from? Yeah, what's the legal avenue? And they're also questioning the four hundred twenty million dollar in media rights, because obviously their legal argument is we're not making that money. Where's that money coming from? Why that? You you understand what I'm saying with that part? Yeah. Is there? Like try- you're just yeah. making up a random number here. Yep. That's their. That's their. It's. It sounds like a weird legal argument, but their their real goal here, right, is to drag this out. Drag this out. They're trying to drag this out because the the ultimate goal is that they want ESPN and the ACC to go. Hey, we don't want to get into court because we don't want to get subpoenaed. Yeah, because that's the big scary thing. That's the scary thing that happens is if a. You know, we if Florida State and ACC goes to court, then the ACC and ESPN would have to release all, not just the grant of rights publicly, but all text message conversations, every documentation they have, and you don't want to do that. No, I think it sounds dumb, but like you really, that's the worst thing that could happen to you, is you get all the information. I think it's just going to get drug out for Mm -hmm. year. I think for years to come. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be anytime, ending anytime soon. I don't think Florida State's going to be – they're going to get stuck playing yeah. the ACC for the time being, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. Yeah. It's going to be something that probably won't be fixed until at least, I think, maybe two mm-hmm. to three years from now. Yeah. If that. So it'll be interesting to see how this continues to play out, all this crazy nonsense and – I mean, call it nonsense, but just all this craziness that's going around with the conference realignment. Yeah, conference expansions and teams now wanting out when they're kind of stuck in a spot or they legally can't, mm-hmm. so they got to take it to court. It's crazy stuff, but uh, yeah, definitely something we're going to keep an eye on. Um, but we're going to move on to mm-hmm. uh, bowl mania time. We're going to update us on our bowl mania scoreboard. 
Um, I have the paper right here. Dylan better pull up the sheet because I feel like a lot of L's are coming his way here. Okay. So we're just going to run down the list here and um, we're just going to check it off. I'm going to make a little tally here for Dylan and me. Mm-hmm. See who is winning. Uh, Dylan, uh, uh, Georgia State or Ohio, who did you have? Again? I had Ohio. Okay, so we each had one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Jacksonville State. I did against, too. Okay, so that's two points. Mm-hmm. We, I had Appalachian State over Miami, Ohio. So did I. Sweet, that's three points. Uh, New Mexico State over Fresno State. I had Fresno. So you had a point there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boise State over UCLA. I had UCLA. So another point for Dylan. Uh, Texas Tech over Cal. I had Tech. So same. So Dylan had a point there. Hunter got a point. Uh, ready? Western Kentucky over Old Dominion. I had Western Kentucky. Same here. What a comeback for Western dude. Kentucky, by the way. Dude. <laughs> was, dude, I was Huge sweating, comeback. I was, I was like, dude, I was like, <laughs> Matt, I'm, I think you were down 28 nothing, 28 yep. something yep. like that. It was 28 to zero, yeah. They had zero points. Crazy back. comeback, yeah. Marshall UTSA, I had USF. Oh, nope, wrong. I'm out of order. Uh, Marshall, I had Marshall. Marshall won that game. Um, lost. I think UTSA, no, UTSA won. Double check that for me. Believe UTSA, UTSA won. won. UTSA won. Okay, I had yeah. UTSA, you did not. Yep. South Florida, what a job! Florida. What a job for South Florida. Yep. And uh, Golich and the boys down there, complete slaughtering of Syracuse. Yeah. Just an utter beatdown. Forty-five nothing. Congrats to USF. Really building something down there. I think that was that seven wins for them or eight wins. That's seven. So seven and six win for a team that was irrelevant. Yep. And now you got the new stadium. You're gonna. You just got a five star or a four star. Uh, from Tennessee, so mm-hmm. big time stuff I think coming for USF, and now we'll see if they can keep this going into next year. Yeah. All right, we got Georgia Tech. I had over UCF. I had UCF. L. Yeah, I know it was bad. Shout one. out to the state of Georgia, by the way. Um, so if Georgia beats Florida State this weekend, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech and Georgia mm-hmm. will have combined to have beaten every team, every Power Five team. In the state of Florida. Okay. Yeah, there's four of them. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I was like, I was sitting yeah. there and I was like, there's only three. It's not that crazy. Power but- five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you got UCF, Florida, and Florida, and Florida State. Yeah. So, because for a second there, I was thinking, like, man, I guess I was like, for a second in my head, I was thinking all Florida teams. I was like, I don't remember anybody playing FAU or anything. I know. Like, FIU, <laughs> FAMU. Come on, yeah. guys. Uh, all right, moving on here. Duke, Troy, Duke I had, won. I had Duke. So Dylan gets the point there. All right. We had Arkansas State over Northern Illinois for me. I had Northern Illinois. Let's go. Northern Illinois won. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, James Madison over Air Force. Air Force won. I had uh, – who do I have? I had JMU. Okay, same. Uh, Utah State beating Georgia State. I had Utah State. Utah State won. Uh, let me double check that. I think they won. Or they lose. Georgia State won. won. Georgia State won. Okay, yeah, about to say, I'm like, I think they lost. 
Uh, Eastern Michigan, South Alabama. I had Eastern Michigan. Double check the score there. I just don't have the. I should. Have yeah, this. yeah. Um, Southern Alabama. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, that was the fight. South yes, Alabama. Yes, South Alabama. Alabama. By the yeah. way, that is a that was a gutsy decision right there by that guy. Yeah. Do that. Um, yeah. What was he thinking? I don't always agree on stuff like that. So you know, if maybe I mean you go off, I guess if you want to take on Kamikaze style. The whole style. team. The whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Coastal Carolina taking care I, of San Jose State. Yeah, I picked San Jose. That is pathetic on your end, Coastal. Yeah. Never a doubt, the Shawnees. I mean, did you see the picks? Cheerleader and the coaches just standing out on well, the beach. I, I, mean, I, yeah, you know. I mean, you should have known by that point they were going to win. Uh, Minnesota, disrespectful that they were even playing Bowling Green. I picked Taking Minnesota. Care of, yeah. They went five and seven, though. Dude. Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota, I guess six and seven now. Well, they went five and seven to the regular season. They were barely even bowl eligible. Well, they got they got it due, due to like classifications. Get in and you win. So yeah, that's all exactly, I'm gonna say. Yeah. That's what Bama's gonna do this weekend. So yeah, this is gonna be He's like, hey, you know what? We go six and six every year. Uh, extension time. All right, uh, we got Rice and Texas State. Texas State beat Rice. It's a shame that Rice yeah, lost. But I had Rice. Same. Uh. Kansas beat UNLV. Mm-hmm. Kansas covered the number, by the way, too. Did you have Kansas? I had UNLV. Pathetic again. Uh, UNLV, so here we go. Kansas had over 200 yards and penalties, threw three interceptions, still hung 49, and still won by yep. 13 and covered. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know either. But they showed that it's possible. So. I saw people post saying, like, Jameis Winston's stat line look like uh, <laughs> All right, we got Tulane losing to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. I had Virginia nice Tech. Nice job by Virginia Tech. They keep an eye on them going into next year. A little mm-hmm. momentum going. Yep. Could be a team now. I think Virginia Tech's finally back to be competing for the top of the ACC. Good mm-hmm. job by them. You Did you have Virginia Tech? I did have Virginia Tech. Okay. All right, moving on. We got uh, West Virginia, the Mounties. I Yeah, yeah. Bear. Of I North Carolina. Mounties. I had the Mounties Mayo Bowl. Big time. Uh, great job by Neil Brown. And a season yep. where he needed a season to do something to save his job. Nine wins. Could have been ten if they played a Hail Mary right. Yeah. Didn't. But, nevertheless, nine wins. Building really big momentum going into next year. you got your quarterback coming back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where this team's going. And they should be a team that will be competing for the Big 12 now. With yep. now with Texas, Oklahoma gone wide open in that big 12. So I like them as could be a team, a sneaky dark horse to possibly compete for the big 12 title game next year. We'll have to keep an eye on that mm-hmm. as always. Uh, Louisville stinker against USC yeah. Miller for USC. My goodness. Six touchdowns against that Louisville Cardinal defense. Holy cow. Miller Moss just I, completely I, I, dominated. Yeah. Who did you have? I had Louisville. So did I. Yeah, we just both, yeah, we both missed just gross. Out. Oklahoma State though did have beating A and M. Me too. Taking that one. Nice that win one. right there for Gundy and the boys. Don't know how they do it, but they finished with ten wins this year. They always Don't know do how. It. They always do it. You can. They find a way times. to do just mess around and get ten wins again. Uh, all right, we got 
So we never done today's games now. SMU stinker early in the yeah. morning against Boston College. I had I had BC. All right. Um, and then Rutgers, Shiano and the boys taking out Miami. Had Miami or had. no? Had Rutgers? Excuse me. It was not at Rutgers. It was at Yankee Stadium. Did you have Rutgers? I had Rutgers. Okay. All right. Oh, dang, my thing is just focus, refocusing out of here. Let's just put you on standard definition, guys. There we go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Here we go. All right. And we had the Pop Tart Bowl, by the way. Stole the show tonight. Twitter loved everything about it. Pop Tart Bowl yeah. needs to be a New Year's Six possible national title game every year. Did I need an edible mascot every game. Yeah. You're on that now. Just complete beautifulness. I don't even know if that's a word, but just the utter pageantry of college yeah. football. The European mind can simply not understand what just what makes this sport so great. And it is a Pop Tart being a mascot. Yeah. Being, and the announcer saying, he will be devoured and he will die. <laughs> so this is why this sport's so amazing. <laughs> Nonetheless, though, during the game, Kansas State with a nice win. This yeah, game, I mean, I, I missed that one. I missed on that one. Tough luck, I didn't. So okay. Uh. All right, and then tonight's game, which just finished up. Holy cow! Arizona came back and won. Holy yes! man! Yes! Holy yes! cow! They were down. So, you know, we're talking about this. I did not keep up the score. So, at the time we were recording this, it was twelve, a little past twelve. About 1220, 1230-ish. Uh Oklahoma was up 24 to 13, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the third, like late third, and possibly going into the fourth. <laughs> yeah, they were. Arizona won 3824. <laughs> they scored 17 in the fourth quarter. Holy they cow. scored they scored eight in the last minutes of the third quarter and then 17 unanswered in the fourth. They scored a 57 yarder. They forced six turnovers and beat Oklahoma. They scored a 57-yard touchdown to take the lead. Oklahoma had a 96.2% chance of victory uh, a minute before the fourth quarter. Jackson Arnold, 361 yards, two touchdowns in his debut. Did throw three picks. He threw the ball 45 times. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Mind you, they gave up on what's-his-face. Dylan Gabriel for him. Crazy. How about Jed Fish? Ten win season. Their over under was four and a half. Ten and Ten three. Wins. Great year. Great year. And for thank you for Arizona. You and now missed, we have Noah Fafita. He's going to come back next year. He was the Pac 12 uh, freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona's going to the Big 12. They will be a legit contender. Yep. A sneaky. I'm talking about. Possibly predicting my Big 12 pick this year, right now. Already, <laughs> I mean Arizona, ten wins. That's, yeah, I mean they're going like... to be a preseason. They will be a top 15 team mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I mean that is awesome to see right mm-hmm. there, and that means a point for me because I had Arizona. So did I. Um, one game you did miss though. You missed one game. Which one did I miss? Northwestern uh, versus. Uh, so this game actually is funny because it wasn't even on my sheet. I had Utah winning though. I had Northwestern. You're lying. Don't I'm not you, lying. 
I have, I have it right that. here. I have a, You know what? You can roll back the old footage, too. I'll pull it up right now. That's garbage, but I'll give you a point anyway for it. Okay, so entering into tomorrow's games, which will start with the Gator Bowl, Clemson, Kentucky. Yeah. Which is Friday. We have a slim Dylan lead of 18 to 16. God, Heading into the 29th, December 29th games. So keep an eye on that as bowl season ramps up here. I'm pulling up the those bowl games real quick. I want to see if my answer. Here we go. So tomorrow's games are. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's games we've got Kentucky Clemson in the Tax Gator Bowl. Yeah. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl at two o'clock. Oregon State Notre Dame. Memphis Iowa State Autos and Liberty Bowl. And then our mm-hmm. first New Year's Six bowl game kicks off with Missouri and Ohio State. Yeah. So we will. Be back next week. Actually, we got one more thing to do. Winners and losers of the week. Dylan, give me your quick winner and loser of the week. Oh, winner the everybody for the Pop Tart Bowl. Pop Tart um, Bowl. Easily. Sure. Um, that, I mean, that was awesome. That was just I, I watched that video, dude. That was awesome. But <laughs> my yes. my other winner of the week is probably the um Clemson and North Carolina. For getting to watch Florida State figure out how to get out of the ACC without having to spend a dime. I mean, they're just sitting here going, you know, this is everything I could have hoped for. My Somebody winner, else does the hard work for us. Winner of the week is Arizona for mm-hmm. what they just did tonight. Coming back yeah. and winning like that. Uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl is an automatic winner for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be a winner forever in my heart. Um, and Arizona just winning. How... Oh, and under, over, under, over, under four and a half was their total. Yeah. Smash that. They have a quarterback injury early in the year. Nova Fafita comes in and just completely just takes this team on a 10-win season. Love where they are going. And like I said, legit, I think they will be competing for a big, the Big 12 next yeah. year. Loser of the week is the ACC. Um, yeah. Bowl season right now has not been kind to them. Uh, let's see. We already have losses from Syracuse, uh, North Carolina, NC State, yeah, Louisville. You know, and your only win right now, I believe, is oh Virginia Boston State. College, Boston, Virginia also Tech. Boston College, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech. But still, can't be losing. You know, you're you know the big bad ACC. Come on, guys. Uh, but if I there was another, I guess loser. Um, I mean, just just if I'm looking recent memory here, uh, Florida, just from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, just the recruiting. Lose, you lose ETN and all so many other guys like Princely, and then you mm-hmm. fall from 5 to 16 like that in the recruiting rankings. Yeah. Just from that alone, it's not good. But we'll see how Napier and them take on that, plus this gauntlet of what they have going forward in the schedule next year. So – uh, a lot to look forward there. Before we close out, I do want to let you know. Uh, if you look at our listen to our last podcast, timestamp fifty eight thirty four on the YouTube video is where I picked the Wildcats over. Okay. Okay. Utah. Uh, also, I guess shout out here. Uh, oh. Shout out to the College Football Talk T shirts, guys. If you want one, DM one of us. Yes. DM me if you want, actually, on Yeah, Instagram. yeah, go with Hunter. He'll be able to get it to you quickly. DM me on Instagram or Twitter, Hunter DeLauder. 
Uh, yep. You guys want one? We got sizes. Mm-hmm. A lot of XLs. So if you're an XL person, but hey. really comfortable, really comfortable shirts. I love mm-hmm. wearing them around. I wear them to the gym and just wearing them around the house and stuff. Yeah. Out in public, getting that brand. See it right there. Show them the other side too. It's almost like front. a polo style. Not even Logo a polo style. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful shirts. If you want one, feel free. We'll send them out for free. Yeah. yeah make sure you subscribe though. If you have to be subscribing. Yeah. Show us that you're subscribed and screenshot of subscribing. Show us, show us that you like our videos. Just send us a screenshot of a like. Yeah. Have to be subscribed videos. and send me shipping info and we'll send mm-hmm. it out to you for free. Doesn't even yeah. matter. So if you're interested, send me a link. Or mm-hmm. send me a DM right there. Be all your way. Yeah, just um, get uh, say your uh, handle real quick so anybody who doesn't know it knows it. Yes. Here, you know what? I'll add it in real quick. Here. Yeah, just, yeah. Just put it on be, there so anybody anybody who wants one can see it. It'll just be at Hunter dot Water. Uh, it'll be under this name right here. Just mm-hmm. see that name with my face or our logo. It's me. So. Make sure you're sending me out a link if you want one, but it has to have a screenshot of yeah. your subscribe. I need some sort of proof. Make sure you guys are a fan of the pod. Uh, regardless of that, though, uh, we will be back next week post-playoff to break it all down, all the games, including the Georgia-Florida State Orange Bowl game. Yeah, um, Should be a good one. Got all the New Year's Six games coming up. Uh, can't wait to see how we do in the rest of the bowl season pickups and uh, what else happens here at the transfer portal. Um, a lot of yeah. that to break down, but looking forward to these playoff games. I think this is the first year, like I said a couple weeks ago, like this is the first year we have mm-hmm. four legit contenders who have all have a yeah. real big case. So it'll be fun to watch. I th- I expect close games throughout, and uh, hopefully we get some good ones. And, uh, mm-hmm. We'll have it all down, breaking down for you next week on the pod. But make sure you guys it. are subscribing, liking the videos, and listening on Spotify. Mm-hmm. For Hunter and Dylan, it's College Football Talk. We'll see you next time. See you guys.